Hear these familiar words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Living in New Jersey, most of us know very little about sheep and shepherds, except occasionally we enjoy a good meal of a leg of lamb covered with a great garlic sauce. My daughter, Jamine, lives in Arizona, and she has an assortment of animals. And one of the animals she has is a sheep named Emily. And I was out there a few years ago, and Emily was very pregnant and about to give birth when complications ensued. And being the confident uh, animal midwife, midwife that I am, I went inside and got some latex gloves and a big jar of Vaseline, and with the help of my neighbor's courageous daughter, we were going to help Emily deliver her baby. Uh, we learned very quickly that uh, a sheep can cry very loudly and kick with great force, and Emily did not want any help in delivering her baby. Most of us have heard the 23rd Psalm. We probably know it by heart. We've heard it uh, at memorial services. And no wonder it's used at memorial services because it's a very intimate and a very comforting psalm. It's about a bunch of sheep being cared for by a loving shepherd. And the shepherd has great commitment to the flock and he's always present with them. And, of course, the analogy is very clear. God is our shepherd, and we are his sheep. And it's interesting because when Jesus came in John 10, he picks up on this analogy, and he said, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know my voice. They follow me, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Uh, And this is very similar to the care we hear about in Psalm 23. Listen again at verse 2 and 3 about the good shepherd's care for his sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You know, sheep need a lot of care. And the shepherd, this shepherd, is willing to give the sheep as much care as they need. And we love this psalm as Christians because it speaks to us, uh, speaks to our fearful and anxious hearts that 
God is always near and that he cares about us and he is aware of our life situations and he's involved in taking care of us. And when we truly believe this, we live a life with uh, more peace and gratitude. Uh, In July, I had a bilateral knee replacement. This was a big surgery, and it was my first surgery, and ouch and ouch, it was pretty painful. And before I went into surgery, I meditated. I said the 23rd Psalm because it's so comforting, and I was afraid. And after I came out of surgery, I still meditated on the 23rd Psalm, And it was if my life were a narrative and I could see all the places and all of the years that God had cared for me in a very special and wonderful way. And so I began to thank him. And it was such a spiritual experience for me. And I had a lot of time on my hands. And so I would just praise him and thank him for the gifts of the day, for the people that visited me for the provision of the hospital, for a family who cared for me, a wonderful church, for all the prayers, for all the good food, and all the visits I had received and the love that had been given. And in expressing that gratitude, my heart was overflowing, and uh, I just felt great joy. So I resolved that I would try to live the rest of my life with that attitude of gratitude. I overestimated my spiritual maturity by a lot. Uh, When I came home, I had rides for physical therapy, and then eventually I could drive. I was cleared to drive. And so the first day I was on my way to physical therapy, I ran into a horrible, heavy traffic jam that delayed me. I got to the place I was receiving therapy and there was not a place anywhere to be to park my car. So I had to park a long way off and had to walk with sore knees uh, through wet grass and it seemed forever and I saw a door at the end of the building. It wasn't the entrance but I thought I'll go in this door and at least sit a minute before I continue because my legs were aching. And, and I just wanted to sit down. And so I got to the door, started to open it. It was locked. I was so angry and so frustrated. And then my foot started to hurt because I had a friction blister from all the walking and frustration. And I had no gratitude in my heart. And I was very alone. And it felt very dark. And suddenly I remembered that I had resolved to be more grateful about the gifts God had given me and would be giving me every day of my life and look for them. So I prayed for a minute and tried to, to shake all the frustration. And I opened my eyes and I saw the lightness of the sky, the summer morning sunshine, the most intense cloudless blue sky, Kelly green glass, grass covered with droplets of dew that reflected the sun like crystals before me. I had a choice. I could hold on 
to my angry funk, or I could receive God's beautiful gift of the day. The day, all of this was my shepherd's provision, his gift to me and my frustration. Returning to Psalm 23, verse 4 reads in a slightly different tone. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As I said, the tone drastically changes from gratitude and provision and love and care to trouble. Trouble has come to the sheep. I just recently heard a pastor remark that we are the only culture in the world that sees trouble and hardship as something abnormal. We see trouble as an interruption of our lives. And he continued to say other cultures seem to expect hardship, suffering, and pain as just part of life's journey. Perhaps that's why we have so much depression in this country. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says that ancient man approached God out of a strong feeling that when they approached God, uh, they were approaching a judge. But for modern man, he writes, the roles are reversed. Man is the judge, and God is in the docket. And that, and that is why we feel we have no obligation to be grateful for anything. We judge, not God, what is good. And we think we deserve no trouble. Of course, this isn't true. Many verses in Scripture affirm we have trouble. Job, who had a lot of trouble, Job 5, 7 The scripture reads, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. In Matthew 5.45, Jesus states it this way, God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus also said in Mark 6.34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Did you notice the tone and the change of the pronouns in verse 4? Suddenly the writer um, writes with different pronouns. There are no references to we or us or they, but only me and I and you. The first three verses in the psalm, the The writer refers to God in the third person. Why did this change in verse 4? May I suggest that change from he to the more intimate you happens in this verse because it is there the writer begins to speak of the lonely valley in which we recognize our need for the shepherd even more and we need his presence and the intimacy of his love. We'd not, at that point, we need not to just know about God, but we need God and communion with him. We need him 
as balm for our wounded souls. We need his presence. Philip Keller, an Australian shepherd, wrote a wonderful little book many of you may have read. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And then he says, why would a good shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep lead them into a valley filled with danger? He said there's only one possible answer to this question. He leads them through this valley to get them to a better place and to make them strong. To get to a better place, the shepherd knows through the valley that he leads them, there are many predators, coyotes, bears, wolves, cougars, that can attack the flock at any moment, and they can hide behind broken cliffs and and just prey on his flock. He knows these valleys can be subject to sudden storms and floods that sends walls of water rampaging down the slopes. There would be rock slides or a dozen other natural disasters that could destroy or injure his sheep. But in spite of such hazards, the shepherd knows this is still the best way to take his flock to a higher country. And as they move toward a higher way of living, they become strong as they go through these dangers, and he protects them. Uh, Keller continues, in the Christian life, we often speak of wanting to move on to higher ground with God. How we long to live above the lowlands of life. We want to get beyond the common crowd, to enter a more intimate walk with God. We speak of mountaintop experiences, and we envy those who have ascended those heights and entered into a more sublime sort of life. He writes, we often get erroneous ideas about how this takes place. We think or we imagine that we could be airlifted from here to there onto higher ground. Not so. On the rough trail of the Christian life, this is not so. As with ordinary sheep management, so with God's people, he writes. Only one gains higher ground by climbing up through the valleys. None of us want trouble. We don't like to struggle. But it is only those who struggled in dark places that really have the power to comfort and encourage those who are going through dark times. And as we use our struggles to help others who are going through their own dark times, it's healing to our souls, and we sense God's pleasure that we're sharing out of our experience and our pain to help another. In a mysterious way, it is redemptive and healing. There's something special, and we all know it, about a person who's placed their confidence and trust in God over a lifetime and who can testify of God being with them in adversity. This person is a tower of strength and a source of inspiration to those around them. You almost sense the presence of Jesus when you're with that kind of person. There are going to be dark valleys for all of us. How we handle those many dark valleys of life prepares us 
for the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Scripture tells us that this last enemy, death, is the last one to be the last enemy that we have to be put under the feet of Jesus Christ. And as we learn to trust the shepherd through life, through each valley, he prepares us not to be afraid of this darkest one. Over the years, it's been my privilege to stand by the side of many believers who were going from this life to the next. And I've been amazed that I've never seen a true believer die in fear. At the moment of death, Jesus was present and there to lead his followers through that last dark valley. I remember one time in my early years, I was standing by the side of uh, a dying believer named Joe. I was afraid. I had not had much experience, and I was afraid, and death is scary, and I didn't know what to say or how to comfort him. So I asked him, Joe, what's your favorite scripture passage? And he said the 23rd Psalm, and I said, well, let's say it together. Well, I didn't say it at all. He started to say it with such conviction and joy. I just stood there listening to him and with such strength, even though he was very weak and very ill. I was totally amazed. I asked him, Joe, how are you able to face this last enemy, death, with such courage? And he said, Every day of my life, I've said the 23rd Psalm. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's truly been my shepherd. He's never left me. He's always been there taking care of me. He was my good shepherd, whether my stomach was full or whether I was hungry. He was good when I was rebuffed and misunderstood. My experience has been that wherever the shepherd leads me, is of necessity good. Thus, everything that I receive from his loving hand or whatever he permits me to receive from the hands of others, be it prosperity or adversity, sweet or bitter, I accept it and see it as a sign of his favor. Every morning, I attach myself to nothing but the will of God alone. I have learned that the will of God is the love of God. And by the outpouring of his grace, I have so merged my will and his will that whatever he wills, I will also. And so tonight, if he calls my name, I will walk with him and he will lead me through that last valley because he's already walked through it and he's conquered it. And that night, Joe died. And at his service, I read his words, and I also read these words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Death is grace, the greatest gift of grace God gives to his people who believe in him. Death is the gateway to our homeland. When we hear these things, all of us, most of us, Perhaps all of us wish we could love Jesus more and have more trust and faith in God. Question is, how? 
I think it doesn't work very well to just say, love God more, love God more. And uh, we just can't will ourselves into loving God more. It doesn't work that way. But what works best, at least for me, is to look at Jesus, to meditate on Jesus, who he is, what he left, why he came, how he lived, how he loved, and what he's done for us. Jesus laid down his life for us. He took on himself every problem, every struggle that we will ever have and ever experience. He suffered the punishment for our sins, our wrongdoings. On the cross, Jesus got what we deserve. And he, Jesus lost his peace that we may have peace. When we meditate and look at what he did for us, I think love is birthed. It's called gratitude. It's a response. And it's love and gratitude of him and what he's done for each of us. And this is what helps us through those times, to know that love and to know that trust and to know his care and believe in it when we really don't feel it or see it. Well, even if we don't know a lot about sheep, I certainly didn't know a lot about sheep when I was trying to help Emily, but we are are reassured and told in Psalm 23 and John 10 that God knows us throughout all the days of our life and we can trust the good shepherd in life and in death. Let's pray. Father, thank you for providing everything we need throughout our life and even providing for the afterlife. Thank you for Jesus for doing for us what we could not do and being with us forever, today, tomorrow, in times of joy and times of trouble and at the hour of death to lead us home. We thank you and we praise you and we give you once more our hearts. In your name we pray, amen.